Welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt, helping you gain clarity, peace, and understanding in your walk with God as a man, a father, and a spouse. To get involved with the show, send us your email to mike.vanpelt at wedevelopyou.com. If you're wondering what's gone adrift in my masculine soul and asking, is there more to life? Well, this is where it begins. This is the True Man Podcast. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may Run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely, it will surely come. It will be, it will not be delayed. Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three. So welcome back to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt and Paul Bailey, who you can reach at Paul.bailey. That's B-A-I. L-Y at LPL.com. So in our last podcast, we touched on hitting the pause button and building margin. And so I thought we might dive a little bit more into that today. Why do that? Well, it's simple. I just read a verse from Habakkuk, and God wants you to have a vision and a plan. So we naturally want that for you. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. Having a vision and a plan for your life will increase your shot at being the man you want to be, the father and the husband. And done properly, properly, I also believe that it'll help build margin, the margin that you want in your life by taking some of that fluff that we're great at building in by not having a plan. So this isn't just some self-help guru, because let's face it, you want to be a good father, you go on a trip, you map out where you're going. If your spouse asks you to go pick up a bunch of stuff at the store, you make a list and have a plan and a strategy and a goal to get things done and achieve results. So Paul, tell us what happens when you don't map out things for your wife and have a list. Yeah. So for me, personal experience, uh, she stops asking me to to do those sorts of things. Uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah, that's exactly right. She stops relying on uh, me to uh, pick up the slack in those in those areas based on some personal history of kind of trying to wing it. So let me get this right: you're intentionally not making lists to go to the grocery store, so she won't ask. I didn't I'm clean, use. Brother. I didn't, I didn't used to write stuff down now when she ventures out to actually lean into uh, any help that I might offer in that department. And I will say that I take care of a few other departments around the household of significance, but that at the store, she knows exactly what she wants and down to the brand, down to the subtype. And uh, let's face it, if you just kind of are trying to remember what it is, uh, oftentimes you don't quite get it, get it right. And so there's nothing worse. You know, you roll in, Hey, got what you needed. Right. And she says, Oh, did you clean up aisle two? Yeah. Did did you remember to get the, uh, oh no, I kind of missed that. So, well, that's right. And so today we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about some fundamentals of living 
a more purposeful life. The what, the why, and the how. Uh, this is something I commonly talk about in my coaching practice. But I think you're going to enjoy how we go about this. So we haven't talked about this, but it's, important, it's an important story that I think clarifies trying to achieve success and satisfaction in your life while at the same time building in margin and joy. So my good friend Paul here, oh boy, he, he has become a goat and chicken farmer. And, and I, you know, th there is, of course, a great story behind this, but I want Paul to tell us a little bit about the vision that you had for this and what, what prompted you to start this vision? Well, I, I do try to fit my financial services uh, work into the weekly chores that have become goats and chickens. I, I, I didn't, didn't mean to imply that that was secondary. Okay. All right. That's all right. Okay. There are times when I, kind of wonder about about that based on a specific need happening at, at any one point, like a goat getting caught in fencing. And, you know, that's a whole nother story. But, uh, oh boy, so that, uh, that really goes back a few years when there was a bit of a chicken craze. Do you remember that? Everybody was raising hens in their backyard because they wanted fresh eggs and it was kind of this cutesy suburban type of thing and my wife and I joke a little bit about it and then she realized that I was getting serious it wasn't a joke when I started building the coop in the backyard and one and thing led to another yeah 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 and of course her being raised on a farm she had a bit of an allergic reaction because her mom was of of of, of the uh uh, opinion that uh, if somebody left their order of a dozen chicks at the post office, uh, she was directly responsible for taking those home and make sure they, they got a good home. So at one point, my, my wife ended up basically caring for 50 chickens. And uh, if you ever feel, you know, want to know what it's like to get uh, intimidated, uh, step onto a farm and 50 large birds rush at you at the same time because they know that there's food uh, about to be delivered. So she'd had her fill of that. Yeah. Um, farms are great and livestock's fun and, and whatnot, but there is this daily task of grinding it out, rain or shine. They don't care about holidays. They don't care about your birthday. They don't care if you're not feeling good. So she did get on board because after all, who can say no to a baby chick at some point. So the cute right. factor can really kick in and, it propelled, but that was fun. Cause that's all backyard stuff. Easy peasy. I turned it into a little, little hobby and pretty self-serve pretty easy. But uh, a few years later, I think uh, it came clear that uh, in fact, we're not as much in control of our food supply as we'd all like to believe. And COVID brought this uh, to the forefront as we recognize the fact that our supply chain here in America for food um, is heavily reliant on a driver to get in his truck, pick up your food and plastic packages, deliver them to the supermarket of your choice, at which point you step from your air-conditioned car into the air-conditioned grocery store, drop things into a basket, and you're happily on your way. So just to be clear, so all the men out there are clear, eggs don't come from the grocery store? 
Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, there's actually live beings creating these things on a daily basis. Yeah, it's crazy. In fact, we got to the point where 25 chickens at our suburban home was, a, was just a bit much. So I had my eye out, uh, shall we speak, uh, say, as, as to what might be the next step. And uh, COVID thing kind of kicked it into gear as we started talking about what does it mean to distance ourselves and become a little bit more independent of the massive American food supply? I wasn't ready to start raising Angus beef or rope and steers or something like that, but I realized that I did not know much about what it looked like uh, to handle livestock. And by the way, uh, when you sit down at... Uh, Oh, whatever you want to, to, to pick for your restaurant of choice. Let's say Outback. Um, that used to be a cow that's on your plate. It used to be a cow. Yeah, uh, it's a blooming onion. Sir. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> at some point after you finish your blooming onion, you're going to cut into a thick, juicy piece of steak and uh, that it used to walk around. And so we, we wanted to start thinking a little bit about what does it mean to support the folks locally who take care of our, our food needs. And the fact is there's not a whole lot local going on that you and I source. So I thought to myself, well, what would be a good way to start to get my hands dirty, so to speak. And it just, at that point, I realized that I had recognized uh, a piece of property about a mile and a half away from my home that was all briary and it was pastured. And I approached the gal and she said, sure, you can raise some animals on that. I, I need to get these weeds knocked down anyways. And my husband used to raise livestock here. And that's all it took. And uh, somehow I convinced my wife that it would be a good idea to buy a few goats because after all, they're easy. And in fact, they, they kind of are, but there's a bit more to it than that. So off we go. And I uh, ended up moving the birds over there, uh, lucked out. She said, sure, I'll uh, take care of the water and the power for you if you just make sure that uh, these trees and we weeds get knocked down. And uh, so one thing led to another. And I thought, uh, well, why don't we start with something that uh, is famous for eating weeds and brush and whatnot. And uh, Spanish goats seem to fit the bill. And so now I have um, 11, having started with about uh, six last fall. Now, I grew up in Central Iowa surrounded by hogs, cattle, corn, beans. I get the whole, you know, biodiversity and, and uh, creating that ecosystem, which is actually pretty fascinating and, and really pretty godly to a large degree, I think. How have you found it to be surrounded by goats and chickens and creating that ecosystem. Yeah. So I, I think that there's, there's a few different layers here that would be probably easily missed. Um, the first response I typically get when I tell people what I do on the side is they have a hard time wrapping their mind around someone who often will wear a, shirt and tie during the day, talk about mutual funds, portfolio construction, performance on investments and their retirement uh, plans with somebody who 
wears muck boots uh, probably about 5.30 in the evening and uh, gathers a dozen eggs in the late afternoon and feeds goats. But here's the thing. I, I think, in fact, that what I needed, and probably many of us do, is more direct connection with creatures that could really care less about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. They don't seem to care about my Apple iPhone. They never answer texts, no matter how hard I try. And other than uh, a little bit of basic care, they are very content to work on a schedule and operate as God intended them to um, without any distractions from anything else going on around them. It is another world on that uh, five acres that I uh, have under my care. I, you know, I find this kind of interesting. The, the reason I say that is the, the Bible is littered with animals. And of course, we have this small story about Noah and the ark. Sure. And uh, so it, it's no small coincidence to me that uh, you're finding extreme satisfaction, would that be fair, in raising this livestock? Yeah, because I think another layer of, of this experience, one simply is I'm engaging with beings that are so other than me, and yet in some ways very dependent on me. And so there's a very interesting dynamic there. Um, this particular breed are probably more um, independent and act more like, quite frankly, like deer right? They're a little skittish and they browse and they're very happy to be, be left alone. Of course, when I, when I show up with the feed bucket, uh, with the snacks, they're, they're all up in my grill <laughs> and that's good. That's good. Um, but to react similarly, by right. The way. <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so, um, I, I think the, uh, the value, uh, has been, engaging with something so other than myself and uh, also so uh, uh, independent of my sur the surroundings that oftentimes distract me so easily from the real things of life, the most important things of life. And so you, you, you almost feel this sense of, um, of a disconnection. Uh, yeah, we can hear traffic in the background, this little postage stamp of acreage is right in the middle of suburbia, but they could care, care less. Um, now I have to admit July 4th, well, third, fourth and fifth with all the fireworks freaked them out a good bit. And so they will, uh, respond to their environment that way. But other than that, they're very content for me to move them from pasture to pasture. But the other layer or the, an, another layer is the fact that, um, while I started with six, uh, several of them, um, had kids. In fact, one of them had, had, a uh, had twins. And so for you to watch life being created mm -hmm. under your care, independent of you, right. There weren't any nurses around with face masks or doctors with syringes or they, they do their own thing. They, uh, are part of this life giving, um, force 
and uh, to watch these little little guys uh, just go nuts uh, and jump up and down, and within a few hours, they're uh, they're circling their mom on their feet, very very happy to be alive. Well, you know that's really what I was going to ask you is how life giving for you is it to see this this vision of raising livestock. Uh, I mean, what does that do for you? Well, yeah. Well, the, the first thing is it, it, it makes you realize um, I don't really have a lot to do with this. I, I'm a very small part of, of the universe and it doesn't take long to realize they, they work on a very different level. And so for me to be able to just to watch and observe, there's a bit of a learning curve um, with these animals. Uh, but, but, the, but the exciting thing is it's, it's fun to engage in a topic or a subject or a discipline or a, uh, a hobby or an interest that you know al- almost nothing about. And so I think all of us at some point want something fresh in, in our lives to uh, learn about and, 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 to, and to try to try to master in, in, in some ways. So yeah, it's very, very, um, very exciting. Here's another layer. And, and I had become very interested in this, um, through my reading and, uh, biblical view of, of creation. The earth is, uh, just calling out to be stewarded, right? If it's not managed well, all you'll end up with is weeds and thistles and unproductive yeah. land. But when you introduce animals properly to uh, an environment, you can actually, even though they're taking from the earth, you can actually improve it. And the pasture this year just took off. Why? Well, they're fertilizing it and they're knocking down those grass seeds off, off the uh the seed head and driving them into the ground and doing some planting for us. Um, they're eating the, what we'd call weeds and the browse that chokes out the sunlight for the grasses. And so it's this magical regenerative type of activity that they're doing independent of me. I just help to kind of move them along and make sure they don't overeat in certain areas. And it's, it's just a credible system. So you didn't call true green. You just left it up to the animals to take care of them. Right, right, right. We'll, we'll use them for the front lawn, but uh, when it comes to the, the animals, uh, they know what they're doing. Wow. Interesting. So, so the, what lessons do you take away to give our men today about being self-sustainable, and how they can use that to become better men, better dads, better fathers. Hmm. What are the lessons that you're seeing from, from all of this? Yeah, that's good. That's a great question. The first thing is, I think, well, I mentioned it a little earlier. It is really satisfying to take on something new, something that might even feel a little bit uh, overwhelming a little intimidating. I wouldn't know a thing about that. (laughs) So when you can exercise uh, some mastery over that, um, it's very satisfying. Um, 
it's also fun to watch uh, the fruits of your labor. So I, I'd say engage in something in part of your life that doesn't look anything like the rest of it. Um, it's good to get uncomfortable in certain areas because it brings with it the necessity to think through things differently. Um, I've used this, uh, t- quite frankly, to, to strengthen my relationship with my kids. Mm. Um, you mean it's from a per- the per- they're participating? Yeah, that they're per- participating. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, there's times when I'll take videos of, uh, there's an old Subaru sitting out in the middle of this field and, uh, the, the kids are now about maybe 30 pounds, 40 pounds, and they just rock it up on top of that and try to knock each other off. And it's just hysterical. And, uh, I'll share videos back and forth with, with my wife on that. Cause she finds it extremely humorous. Um, and so we've, we've had this little bit of extra life given to us just because we've got a little acreage with some some kooky animals, very um, um, life-giving because it doesn't look like any other area uh, of our life. The other thing is um, it's requiring. I can't just skip a day. There might be an animal that might need some help. And so it does bring up the fact that you need to show up rain or shine and there's a part of life, I think, in, in that, in that we are required to show up day after day. And I remember breaking ice a number of times during the winter uh, on, on uh, the watering. And uh, man, I didn't feel like it sometimes, but it was a necessity. And it called forth certain things from me to step up and get the job done. Took me out of my comfortable existence in my heated car. I could get dressed in the house step into my heated car, drive to work, my climate-controlled office. <laughs> That's not available at the goat ranch. No, there's, there's no overhead protection out there and, <laughs> right. and heaters. Right, I mean, yeah. I think you just brought up a whole other podcast that men want, might want to hear down the road uh, for us to talk about is, is uh, showing up. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think when you get in a situation like this where you're caring for um, other animals, livestock, if, if you don't show up, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. There is a consistency and continuity that needs to happen in a lot of different areas of life. Your, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your mini kingdom that you are responsible for the home in our case, some animals, some relationships outside of that. You need to show up. Yeah. We're going to spend some more time on that for sure. Uh, Cause that, that, that just resonates every area of a man's life. Uh, probably don't want to go too deep on this today because it's a whole other topic, but I think Paul and I have seen guys' lives affected by not showing up, or maybe they had somebody in their life that didn't show up, and now they've they've got a wound that's uh, the size of the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, that's right. So let's uh, begin to wrap up today. I want to give you a call to action here. 
uh, as we try to do on a weekly weekly basis, give you something to think about, to work on. And that's this, having a plan and a vision is nothing new. There's nothing uh, monumental about having a plan and a vision, but these, you know, they're, they're, they're not innovative, but they are a way for you to progress and become a man living a life of more. You know, Moses created a plan to lead the people out of slavery in Israel the ministry of Jesus is all part of a plan. And of course, God's creation was all created out of a master plan of vision. You can read more about in the book of Genesis. So what does all this mean for you as a dad and a father and a, and a husband? Well, I would just say, be diligent about your, your life. Take inventory of every area of every area of your life and determine what's motivating you to become the man that you want to become. And if there's a deficiency someplace, you need to take action on that. And if you need help determining this, of course, we want you to reach out to Paul and I, and, and uh, we'd love to discuss with you how to become a true man, a true man of God. So listen, folks, I want you to join us on our next episode when we talk about adventure. You know, all that fun stuff you used to do when you were a kid and everything was new and fresh and fun and it came with exploration. Good news, man. You can bring that with you into adulthood and I can't wait to share to, uh, can't wait to share some stories about that. So, Paul, let's, uh, let's have you lead us out on prayer again today. All righty. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being here in our midst breathing life into uh, our souls as we engage with you. Thank you for the gift of new things, of opportunities to engage in something that is fresh and requiring. Father, I would ask for anyone listening that you would assure them of your deep love for them and of their deep need for you and for other men to show up in their lives and vice versa. Father, I'd ask that you'd continue to lead us down this path of becoming uh, true in our actions, in our words, in our hearts, in our intentions. Thank you for offering us more. Um, we'd ask for the courage to pursue that. In Jesus' name, amen. Improve your life today with Mike Van Pelt and One Way Life Coaching. Let's develop a roadmap of discovery that leads to success and satisfaction in your life. Find additional information and details of how you can have a free initial coaching call at wedevelopyou.com backslash fanpelt.